All right, we are live for a Tuesday edition of we over here, the People's Talk Show, and uh, excited to be back and connect with you guys. And hope everyone has had a good weekend and last couple of days and everything in between. And I uh, wanted to connect tonight and uh, just check in, see what you're keeping an eye on. Also, continue to just talk about uh, events as they unfold in relation to the shift away from the Western dominated swift federal reserve debt-based system into whatever is being concocted from the eastern nations and uh last week president lula of brazil publicly just came out trash talking in a sense the current role of the federal reserve note uh, in trade globally and called into question as to how and why that is and basically was a very vocal in saying that, you know, the world ultimately needs to change that. And he encourages the BRICS to be the ones that that brings about that change. So he has the audacity. He has the kahunas, as they would say, to publicly bash the role of the dollar. And of course, he has a lot of people backing him in the form of Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa, plus soon to be the Middle East and everything in between. So we're going to talk about that and a couple of the headlines that caught my attention. There's uh, most of these I put inside of the Telegram. So if you haven't joined that, I encourage you to join that so you can see articles as they come out in real time, as well as join the community page where uh, we have a lot of members in the community that shares their thoughts as well as a variety of subjects that they're keeping an eye on. So welcome to the live stream. If we have any first time viewers, uh, definitely let me know where you're watching from. If you have not already hit that thumbs up button, We'll see where this live stream takes us. Hopefully more people can join us so we can basically hang out amongst our own kind and just talk back and forth, try to filter through the noise, see what sticks, see what doesn't, and uh, see where this uh, live stream takes us this evening. And before I move forward, I'm going to try to just jump into some of the headlines, things that caught my attention, share my two cents on it, then open up the phone lines, and I would definitely love to hear from you guys. But before we do that, if you haven't, as I mentioned, hit that thumbs up button. And if you find any value from this discussion that we're going to have, as well as some of the callers uh, that call in, feel free to share this so more people can join us and let their voice be heard as well. Because everybody has a unique perspective on what's going on, but not everybody has the platform or the avenue to express that. So that's what this talk show is all about, giving you guys a chance to let your voice be heard. So definitely join us more often if you can. Hit that bell so you can be notified. And also make sure you guys connect with RTD on all of these alternative platforms here uh, we got bitshoot float minds twitter telegram gab and library so you can stay plugged in just in case we're disconnected here and uh yeah and also let me just make sure i if anybody out there feels blessed enough and want to be a blessing to the channel feel free to do so uh paypal cash app or patreon or your boy also accepts crypto for those who want to be generous and support the uh, alternative media movement because it helps take care of things on the back end and so but definitely appreciate any support you guys feel deemed or deemed necessary. So I appreciate you. All right. So let me see here. Well, let's, let's jump into some headlines here, man. I got a, two videos I want to share with you, just all in relation to the Federal Reserve note. I'm on from now on, as best as I can remember, I'm going to try my best to always distinguish between the Federal Reserve note and its liabilities and what is also called the dollar in the form of the constitutional dollar, i.e., metals. And so I just got to make sure more people are aware of the two distinctions that all dollars are not created equal. And that right there, right, that right there should hopefully help a lot of people be able to, um, I guess, divvy up their pot accordingly 
and not be solely in digits on a screen or green pieces of paper, but also have some exposure to the shiny stuff that goes clink clack. And that's been around for, you know, thousands of years. So, okay, let me check in with the chat real quick and uh, we'll see what's happening. We got Neil checking in. Uh, what else we got here? We got uh, Colorado Luke checking in. We got Carl Lake checking in. Morgan, we got B-Rad, Ed checking in. Miss Love, Kenneth, uh, Lucio uh, from Montreal. Appreciate you, my friend. What's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, Jilly Bean down in Houston. Uh, persistence over resistance accepts all crypto except XRP. Yeah, not XRP, buddy. I'm not an XRP friend. I'm not an XRP fan. That's all. I just, you know, like I mentioned before, uh, it, it's hard to willingly willingly jump in bed with people who are working with the enemy directly even though you know i have my i have my own opinions about that but i'd rather stick to what's you know other alternatives that's all but then again uh if you are wanting to contribute so i'm sure i'll open up a wallet but you know this is not something that i willingly want to support that's just me so all right so uh let's jump into the headlines man so what caught my attention of course there's buku stories but you know in reference to rethinking a dollar <laughs> I had to jump on uh, this recent this recent meeting. So uh, let me before I do that, let me just jump in and I'll play this quick video here and then we'll talk about a little bit and share our two cents. But here is President Lula this past week speaking at the BRICS New Development Bank in Shanghai. And it's about 30 or 40 seconds with translations, but we'll get into more of the gist of it. But take a listen to this or read this if you guys would like to. Por que, que nós não podemos fazer o nosso comércio lastreado na nossa moeda? Por que, que nós não temos o compromisso de inovar? Quem é? Quem é? Todos os países estão obrigados. Eu toda noite me pergunto por que, que todos os países estão obrigados a fazer, a fazer seu comércio lastreado no dólar. Por que, que nós não podemos fazer o nosso comércio lastreado na nossa moeda? Por que, que nós não temos o compromisso de inovar? Quem é, quem é que decidiu que era o dólar a moeda depois que desapareceu o ouro como paridade? Who decided that the dollar <laughs> was going to be the global trade currency after they basically reneged on the gold uh, promise to back all those Federal Reserve notes? So I thought that was very bold and definitely intentional for Lula to come out freshly elected as the Brazil's president for like the second or third time. Corrupt as it could be, I'm sure. But then again, he jumped in right where he left off with the BRICS narrative of trying to push an alternative uh community to the world and the BRICS community is what is 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 what they're trying to push and so he's talking about being innovative like how can we can't do our own and so that's kind of what i want to just jump on right now because i thought that was very interesting the fact that he went over to shanghai and clearly was intended on speaking on behalf of the dollar and it's good to say while in shanghai at the BRICS new development bank no doubt they had some discussions and meetings and things of the nature in reference to what they're actually going to work on. And everybody knows at this point that BRICS, they're working on something, have it ready to be rolled out. But this this type of talk wouldn't have existed 10, 20 years ago. Like the U.S. was in a much stronger position, wasn't too spread out or too weakened by all this stuff that's going on, basically being in, in, imploding from within to where something something would have occurred 
to stop all this negative dollar talk that's being done by other countries. But then again, it's too many countries and that force, the BRICS union in total is just is pretty much part too big of a nation, too powerful of a of a community to really just uh, stand by and be bullied by the U.S. But real quick here, I run through this, share my two cents on it, and then we can keep moving. But it says Lula backs BRICS currency to replace the dollar in foreign trade. <laughs> He spoke at the visiting headquarters of the BRICS Bank in Shanghai. And so just some things stood out here, basically what he mentioned here. But he's basically pointing out the fact that with all this going on right now, with all the currencies that could be options, why are not why are the BRICS not being innovative enough to come up with their own? And so to me, that's one of those things where he's speaking. That's that government political speech talk where you try to not say what you're not really trying to be specific, but you're hinting at what is probably coming. And so one of the things that really stood out, it says who decided that the dollar was a trade currency after the end of the gold parity. And it's simple, the military, our military might and everything in between. And of course we had the most gold supposedly at that time, but it's good to say things have shifted. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, is this something that surprises you or will we continue to hear more of this type of talk? So something worth keeping an eye on. And also here's just more insights here. China G and Brazil's Lula meet in Beijing to boost ties. And so Lula was greeted with a full military honors, including 21 gun salute at the Great Hall of Peoples adjacent to the Tiananmen Square in the heart of Chinese capital. So they rolled out the red carpet and he got treated like a VIP coming into the country. And it's good to say all the BRICS uh, presidents that come to that country get the red carpet in a sense. And so literally they are planning and working on something that will definitely be eye opening to say the least. So we'll find out as more time as time moves along. But that's just some things that caught my attention, man. I think it's interesting how we got a Brazilian president coming out strong, talking about the dollar, need to replace the dollar in trade. It's good to say they're going to have something to solve that. All right. Keeping it moving here. So here on the home front. Due to the tightening and the strangling of the debt markets, ultimately speaking, we have very bad, very disturbing news, but not too surprising just because the dominoes have already been tipping over. The banking situation has quieted down due to the extracurricular activity of the Treasury and Fed partnering together to create basically backstops. But then again, what about the pension funds? And so here's something that uh, I kind of talked about this with uh, my guest, Nate Fisher. Yesterday. Also, let me get let me know your thoughts on that interview. There is very detailed and very thorough as far as his breakdown on how eventually the BRICS will probably have some type of gold tokenized um, trading vehicle in the future. And so I thought that was very informative. But real quick here, pension funds. Boy, that's going to be something else. Says pension fund, Calstris, if I'm saying that correctly, braces for a write down in 50 billion property portfolio. 50 billion. Right down $50 billion right down. It says warning from 306 billion fund is the latest sign that the higher interest rates have upended U.S. commercial real estate. So everybody and their mother right now talking about the commercial real estate that is basically falling off the cliff right now. And so what's one person's asset is another person's liability. And so it looks like the pension funds will be on the hook for all these liabilities as these non-performing loans come home to roost. And so I just thought this was something worth bringing to your attention because we will hear more about this. We will hear a lot more about this. And even in that discussion with Nate yesterday, we talked about how all of these 
financialized products that were created, packaged and sold to pension funds and everything of that magnitude. Eventually, all those companies, Blackstock, Blackstone, they're all going to ship it right to the government's books somehow in some way and let the government be on the hook for this. So that is more trillions that will be need to be brought into existence or uh, it goes belly up. But real quick, it says 306 billion California teachers uh, retirement system has plugged an increasing share of its asset plowed an increasing share of its assets into real estate in recent years in a bid to diversify away from stocks and bonds. So not only is the 60 40 split performing in its worst since it was created, ultimately speaking, now they jumped into real estate. On top, in, in the midst of the greatest bubble in real estate in human history, more than likely, looking chasing yield. It says, and benefit from the superior returns, superior returns on offer to buyers of private assets. And so it was a setup all along. To go to kick the can down the road, and here we are now. Things are about to really get ugly. But that's just one story. Let me know your thoughts on that in a minute. Here we have <laughs> defaults. <laughs> defaults on 161 million debt for DC office buildings. So more commercial real estate going belly up, especially the office sector, has turned negative as investors prepare for potential spillover effects with JP Morgan. Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs all joined the gloom party parade, especially as high profile defaults continue to make headlines as borrowers face higher debt service costs and refinancing becomes much harder ahead of a 400 billion commercial real estate debt maturities this year. 400 billion this year is due and they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with that. But as we see here, just a little metric here showing how you know things are not looking good and it's starting to spike upward. So. Yeah, just more debt coming due. Debt can't go on forever. There always have to be somebody on the other end, and we'll see how it plays out. And then here's another one closer to home. Depositors. Depositors pulled nearly $60 billion from three U.S. banks as Apple raises pressure. So, of course, by now I'm sure everybody saw that Apple is coming out with their own savings mechanism, offering 4.5%, basically surpassing all the what little bit of interest all the too big to fail banks is offering. So it's going to be a little contest. So I'm not sure how Apple, why Apple wants to get in the game at the end of this current debt policy scheme coming to an end, but they obviously have a plan. So we'll see, but a lot of funds are shifting right now. And with Apple, what's so unique about that to me is that Apple is ultimately a software company and there is no actual physical location as far as a bank where people can go and deposit in and out. So you're going to be doing everything digitally on your phone through Apple Pay more than likely. And so if there's a computer glitch or some type of situation where people can't get into their phone or get into the app, then what do you do if your funds is in Apple? Because Apple is just a building somewhere in California. But then again, it's a software company and it's an app. So not really. I'm not sure people have a lot of confidence in that, but we will see. We will see. They're here on another little article here I thought was worth mentioning because it has to do with cash. And this is out of the Telegraph. It says cash will become less usable as high street goes contactless, says the Bank of England. And so once again, cash in society is still on the table due to technology and the convenience of being able to just tap and pay or swipe and pay and not have to carry physical. And so the younger generation, of course, is predominantly all cashless. And so the only people who still value cash are the older community the more mature crowd. 
And once all the stores decide to only accept tap and pay and Apple pay and all that other stuff, then what happens to the cash? That's going to be right. That's going to play right up their alley for them to say, hey, no one uses cash anymore. The percentages are even down even more. We need to just go ahead and cut our costs. Why even print it in the first place? Why even create coins in the first place? Just because it costs us more to do that than the people are actually using it. So you see how we've been set up big time with this. But anyway. Those are just some headlines that caught my attention, man. I, I think uh, we're going to hear more and more about the USD in a negative sense. Sentiment globally is not the highest, even though it still will be utilized. But for sure, within the next couple of months, there will be more alternatives being brought to the fold, giving other countries a choice, whether you want to use this alternative, whatever it might be, or continue to use the old system. And especially if you're a part of the BRICS or the OPEC, there's already concerns of your of, of being sanctioned or being probably kicked off to swift or penalized for not cooperating with the whole proxy war in Ukraine. So more nations are literally incentivized to just not participate in the Western system any longer. And on top of that, majority of the debt that they, they have taken out at some point, we're going to start seeing some countries not actually paying that back. And then on another note here, let me share an article which you just came to mind. And then I would love to uh, hear what else you guys are keeping an eye on. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. And this has to do with, uh, I posted it to the Telegram. It's by Jelen Yellen. Let me, let me see if I can find it. Well, I probably won't be able to find it. But anyway, so let me play another little video clip I forgot uh, that's worth also mentioning just because it has a lot to do with the USD and it, it comes from former president. So uh, and of course, he's blaming China. But then again, it's more than just China. <laughs> so check this out real quick. Uh, Iran, you've lost it. You've lost Russia. China wants to change the standard, the currency standard. And if that happens, that's like losing a world war. We'll be a second tier country. We'll literally be a second tier country if that happens. Now you're losing Brazil. You're losing Colombia, South America. You're losing uh, Iran. You've lost it. You've lost Russia. And if you haven't lost them yet, you're going to lose them. China's on the one. So China's gone. Then you see France going over. And over. What's going on? We're losing. If we lose our currency, that's the equivalent of losing a world war. Our currency is what makes us powerful and strong. A currency was makes us powerful and strong. And so all of a sudden now he's concerned with the role of the dollar. He's blaming China. So I, I thought that was very interesting. And so I, I commented on that and how don't be mistaken one bit. Every president, every president has put in on the demise of the dollar. They've all taken advantage of the dollar being the world reserve currency. So all these administrations here have put in on the destruction of our currency to the point where now there's not much left. So it's quite obvious that if there's not much left as far as faith and confidence in this debt instrument on, on top of all the other debt instruments you know, around the world from other countries, it's time for something else. It's time for a shift. And what made it so interesting about that particular statement is he said that if we lose our status, we'll be like a second world country. And I'm thinking like, that is basically the position that majority of the rest of the, the, the rest of the world is in when it comes to the privilege we've had for 80, 90 something years of having the world depend upon our currency. 
And so what would that feel like to go from a leading nation to second or third world status? And so coming from the former president's mouth, uh, I definitely take that. I take that pretty serious because uh, he, he knows a lot more than what he's telling us. So but I uh, don't I hope he's not playing like he's an innocent out of this. Like if he was still in office, we still wouldn't be in some type of predicament as this where the currency wouldn't be as weaponized as much. But anyway. Let's get the phone lines open, man. Let's talk. I'm curious to hear what you guys are thinking out and what you keep an eye on. And uh, phone number is 313-462-0027. Give me a call, and I see I've missed some calls already. But uh, hopefully there's no technical issues this time, and we can actually talk. So feel free to give me a call. Let me know your thoughts. Keep it sweet, simple, and to the point. Let your voice be heard, and we'll keep it moving and go from there. So also, or throw some thoughts out in the uh, chat, and we'll jump on it and go from there. But Ah, uh, yeah. So Jay man says he's a part of the fight fiat scheme. It's in his favor for the public to use a dollar and debt. His empire was built off of it. hundred percent, a hundred percent. He is the debt king. So he knows how to take advantage of leverage, especially in a fiat currency where you can just basically put down very little and walk away with, you know, a billion or so to buy you another hotel or something like that. So he don't want that. He doesn't want that privilege to go away. I'm sure. But uh, but he's speaking as if like he's in a position where the world is going to listen and and as if he can do something about it. So he's just doing more of that hopium saying that, you know, you know, next year when I'm elected president, I'm going to I'm going to come in. and okay, yeah, this guy, man, he's a he's a major distraction, in my opinion. The better the best out of the rest. But then again, he's a part of the clique, man. Uh, destroying the Fed. So persistence over resistance. How would you destroy the Fed? Because you mentioned that the other day. How would you destroy the Fed? And that's at, at this point of the game, coming towards a globally coordinated restructuring of the monetary system where all these central banks, they're still in power by the governments that put them in place. And so all they're doing is shifting out of the old legacy system into a more modernized digital enslavement system. And long as our governments give them the position of being our monetary stewards, there's nothing we can do about it directly. The average person don't even know that the world's problems is because of the Federal Reserve or the central bank model itself with fractional reserve lending. So like doing away with them. It's not something that's like it's not an easy answer because our government don't even want the responsibility of actually running our balance sheet, our treasury. Like, you know, the United States Treasury is supposed to be our financial accountant, but they don't want that. Like, so is the crime and criminality is so deeply embedded in the system that unless it all comes down, including the government, then there's no real doing away with the Fed, in my opinion, because there's not going to be an audit. There's not going to be. Any politicians that'll get support from any of his constituents to actually do anything about the Fed, they're not going to renew it. They're not going, you know, disannul the charter. So it's like, I, I just think like talking about the, you know, ending the Fed, you know, it, it sounds good, but then again, there is no clear cut answer for that. All right, let's talk. Hello, caller. Where are you calling from? Mike, Tony from Oakland. How you doing, brother? CB, doing good, my friend. What's in your mind? One more again. Yes, sir. What's new? Give me something. Uh, I, I still want to go back on this. China owes us $2 trillion. They owe Man, us? China. They owe us $2 trillion? 
We have a nice little. We got a one trillion. We got a, almost a nine hundred billion dollar reserve of. They got a nine hundred billion plus reserve of our debt liabilities, where we we know we owe them. I think. We, we owe them a trillion. They owe us two. Okay. Okay. The question is, how, how do you get that? In, in order for this whole new monetary thing to happen, how do you get the derivative dollars, the euro dollars that are out of the United States? How do you settle that debt? Because it doesn't money transfers from one end to the other; it just don't disappear. Right. How do you settle debt? That oh, so that's a question. That's a question. I don't know. <laughs> and so I, I would assume that they, they meaning the BRICS and all the other nations that are working towards alternatives, whatever that might be. I don't. I don't think. I, I would assume they factor that in. That you know, if there is a reset or a great crash or whatever. Literally, there might be some type of ju debt jubilee to where the world starts over in a sense in reference to like international trade and all those debt agreements to where they start afresh. And the system they're trying to build towards is that, you know, it's trust system where they can actually use that as a way of rebooting the system for themselves, amongst themselves when it comes to trade. And then, of course, that's when the U.S. going to have to come to the table with whatever they're holding to jump in on that. So. I don't know. Imagine if it's all wiped away. Like I, I would assume that because it can't be paid back, so it's either inflated away or it's otherwise. Otherwise, we 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 might as well just do it now. If you're gonna wipe away the debt, do it now. I mean, but I mean, that's it's, that's, that's, it's not that easy though. Like you know, like you know, they don't they don't want right. to lose control it's like that. Easy. I think it's not that easy. It's not that easy to go to another research. Oh, of course not. I, I, I wouldn't even say. They're doing now, yeah, because they can't. And if you listen to that, that I'm gonna say this on the silver thing. If you listen to that interview, he said it's hard getting dollars. So that means there's a lack of dollars out there in the community, right? So that's a problem, and so that that's a part of their problem. That's a part of their problem. Other in your own place. But that's a part of the biggest you problem. Like right now, if if okay, so watch this. So watch this. So eventually, somebody's gonna need that dollar until there's an alternative. Like so, 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 so if 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 you, if you're like if you're a part of the BRICS union, you're you know whatever country, and I'm up here in Russia, and I need you to send me oil. I need and you need you need wheat for me. And there's a dollar shortage already. We already know that. So then what we're we gonna do? We're gonna figure out a way to work around not having dollars in our possession. So you send me, you know, a bunch of wheat, I send you oil, and we'll settle the difference and say our currency swap. You know, we'll you know I'll credit you something, you credit me something, we'll save it to next year when we gotta do this again, type of thing. So it's easier to work amongst ourselves without a third party currency than it is to do business one on one, but then rely upon the West, knowing that you know, if, if we can't swing it through Swift because if you do business with me and I'm Russia, then you know, like you go get sanctioned. So you might, you know what I'm saying? So you see what I'm saying? Like you, you, you'll find a workaround. And that's what I think they're going. They're, they're finding workarounds right now. Say again. If I which one would you want? You want your dollars. I mean, I, I would rather take the actual substance itself. So give me, give me something real. Like I would rather come up with an agreement where I'll send you oil and now and now you send me like you know you know microchips. You know what I'm saying? Like let's just settle that way. Because I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to have something that I know that you are gonna hold against me at some point in the future. <laughs> if I don't do if I don't play your game, you're gonna hold it against me. Huh? I mean it's, it's not that simple, of course. It's not that simple. Right, 100 percent But then again. 
they're working on things to counter the difficulty, the difficulties in and like how complex things are. Like I, so I, I'd imagine you can. So all this talk about bilateral deals, swaps, currency swaps, you know, those are all part of this shift away from just the dependence on dollars. So it may not look pretty. It ain't going smooth. It's just minor right now. No doubt. It's maybe 2%, 3%, 4% of total trade, but it starts small and it gets big over time. So the dollar ain't going nowhere. It's going to be reserved. But then again, they're trying to bring in something along with it. And like in like in a parallel sense to give the world options. That's all. It ain't going to be pretty. It's going to get ugly. But hey, yeah. You borrowed it in dollars. Mm-hmm. What are you going to have to pay that back in? In dollars. Until, in dollars. Unless, unless. Without, without the economy exploding. Unless I decide to default on it and take an L. That's why I'm, that's why I'm minimizing my exposure. But believe me, I, I would imagine, I mean, so it, that could, that could be true. But then again, they ain't got, you know, un, an unknown amount of gold. Produce enough that they can offset that somewhat. But yeah. you go to Africa, you go to these other countries that that owe us way more than China does. If you look at the the numbers, right? And it's going to be a problem there. that that they owe the U.S. They're not. They believe me. They they you know, all, all that debt. Like we're looking over here, I don't like it. Right. But until you can see, visibly see that there's another change. We ought to be thankful for what we got. Oh, I'm 100% thankful, man. Hey, appreciate you calling. Let me get some more calls in. I appreciate you calling, though. All right, be good. Hello, caller. Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike. Hey there. How you doing? Uh, good. My name's Kalen. I'm from uh, Canada and British Columbia. Kalen from Canada. What's going on, my friend? What's on your mind tonight? No, man. Um... Ah, it's crazy times, just like it has been for like the last three, five years. But, yeah. Um, How's things in Canada? What's what's going on in Canada? Any 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 Trudeau craziness or you know or what? What's going on up there? He's always crazy. The shit that comes out of his mouth, I can't I can't even stand even like I can't watch him for more than more than thirty seconds without. <laughs> Turn off the TV because I can't can't stand him. Right. Yeah. He, so this is like everybody, Macron, like almost everybody. Yeah, Biden's the same now. It's like yeah, they're all all the leaders in the West are just aft. And yeah, uh, yeah they're all in like world countries. You know, the African leaders like speaking truth. Like you know, like yeah, this gay bullshit is retarded. Like all like yeah all. all yeah, it seems like we're totally on the wrong side of the coin, which is true. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, man, I think we all, yeah, it's all the same Trump and, and Biden. Like, oh, yeah, everybody, and I, you guys all realize that. So just two different wings of the same bird, and we all just got to leave the system, in my opinion, and, and just try and focus on becoming more independent, Yeah, growing food, getting chickens. And just trying to leave the system as much as we can, yeah. And building communities, yeah, totally. And 100%. And, and also, man, researching these old technologies, mm-hmm. like totally. The past, man, they had more technology two hundred years ago, three hundred years ago. They yeah. had more technology that they've suppressed, man. 
yeah. one big thing with copper and electro stuff with gardening. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a whole thing exploding in my community that I follow. Um, trying gardening with copper. Yeah. And it's crazy, man. I tried it last year with putting an antenna in my garlic patch, patch and I soldered some, uh, the mercury, a mercury bulb yeah. from a, uh, from a thermostat, mm-hmm. uh, to the copper antenna. And I ran uh, copper wire in my garlic patch mm-hmm. and my copper or my garlic grew like crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm doing my second test this year. And so now I'm going crazy with this copper gardening. Well, Hey, watch uh, it. Garden in, my, in my yard, I'm throwing like copper antennas everywhere. Yeah. Well, hey, watch this. Let me, let me, so don't mean to cut you off. Let me get some more calls in, but appreciate you for putting us up on that. So, that, so, so I'm not even familiar with, you know, the copper guard. So I, I no doubt there, there's, there's, there's a use case for that. Do me a favor, join the Telegram and share that articles and stuff like that in, re- in relation to that with the community. So more people can find out about that. That'll definitely help more, I'm sure. But thanks for calling, my friend. Oh, cool. Okay, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Appreciate the call. Uh, copper garden. I was just talking about garden today. <laughs> uh, I was I was getting schooled, put, getting put on game by my brother in law. Man, just like he, he's out down, he's gardening up his storm, growing his own food. I'm like, man, you got to help me. So yeah. Anyway, um, keep it moving. What we got here? Electric weed. <laughs> uh, interesting times to say the least, man. Uh, persistent over says if the government can just print money whenever they need, why do we pay taxes? I mean, that's a part of the slavist system. It's a part of the it's a part of the entrapment that they have us in. Like, you know, we're living like like I always say, we're living in a real time Truman show. Like, so like we're in a system designed by them for them, and we're happen to be the quote unquote peasants in this system because it's it, taxes and our labor are, are what fuels the system. And our ignorance, unfortunately. So, but uh, it don't have to be that way. You know, it also depends upon your perspective as well. Hello, caller. Let me get you in. Hello, caller. Where are you calling from? Mike. Mike, doing good. Mike, what's going on with you, Mike? <laughs> I'm here from Mike the PA. I'm just uh, calling you. See, um, I don't know if you've heard. Do you follow Rafi Haber? Yes, I do. Okay, yeah, he was talking today about the uh, fact that the CBDC, mm-hmm. that they're trying to, like, the the one that's going to affect, I guess, all the, the other CBDCs and, you know, the one that's going to kind of, like, bring everything into a world government kind of thing. Yeah. Fail because the, um, it, it's, it's still just a derivative of the dollar, which is the derivative of gold. Mm-hmm. And because the, because the dollar is just debt, um, it, it has to, like, I guess historically, it has to go back to the dollar before it, or the, the form of currency, or whatever, like the, the form of trade before it. And so, let me get some thoughts on that. What do you, uh, what's your, um, yeah, what's your thought about that? Um, so that particular angle there, I am not familiar with. Um, so I have to do some more deep diving. But as you were talking, a thought came to mind in reference to what I, I what I shared earlier uh, on in the Telegram, but. It's uh, information about the CBDC process for the U.S. And once again, it's our, you know, the bogus governors. But headline is U.S. wholesale CBDC has promised Fed governor says, but retail is difficult to imagine. And so not only is Jerome Powell like downplaying mm-hmm. the role of a retail DBD, CBDC saying that, you know, we don't think it's necessary. We don't think it's time. They're, they're 
but they're telling us all that. And then there's another governor here and saying that, you know, retail is going to be difficult to imagine. These people know what they're working towards because it's, mm-hmm. it's a part of the plan all along. <laughs> and so the, the goal was to basically get physical items out of our possession with gold, silver, gold, paper soon to be gone. And then we're going to be left with just ones and zeros on a screen that was used to be used to be through the banking system. Now they're going to have it to where it's, it's supposed to be through their ledgers or however that's going to play out. So they've been working towards this for quite some time now. So this is all a part of their digital enslavement system. So I believe the system's already done. I believe it's already done. It's sure. just a matter of an event to roll it out. Now, mm-hmm. just like, and I always say this before, just like during this little health situation when people were forced to do things that they would have never thought they would have done in normal times, sure. there might be another yeah. event or environment like that same same time frame where people are out of desperation or sheer just you know just whatever for having lost everything somehow some way they'll opt into this digital version of a currency just because it's the closest thing to a lifeline that'll help them get back on their feet so it's just a matter of when so it's not a, it's not an if it's when on my part so i don't know how i don't know where i don't know when but it's 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 already it's already here man in a sense because they're preparing us with all this talk right now so that's my two cents on it okay i think uh there's something there's, there's kind of a division i guess as, as far as the um the libertarian community was you know they're wondering i guess about how are banks going to be eliminated completely or are they just going to be an arm of the federal reserve and 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 the federal reserve will be arm of the global government and so i mean there's, there's two different sort of thoughts yeah so, um i think i think i think uh, my initial thought i think that the banking sector is being consolidated right now and so all those mom and pops, regional small boys, we're, we're witnessing f- capital flight from them into the hands of the big boys, mm-hmm. the globally systemic important banks. That's five or six, seven banks at the top of the pyramid that are empowered now. All the funds flowing up. So all those lower ones will eventually mm-hmm. be weeded out bit by bit over time. So those remaining big banks, they'll probably be in collaboration with the Fed because they're shareholders in the Fed themselves. So it's a win-win for them mm-hmm. regardless. So if like you know JP Morgan or whatever – went out of business or whatever, the owners of JP Morgan, majority shareholder, which is the Rothschilds and the Bilderbergs and all those families, their share portion is still in the Federal Reserve. So they own part of the Federal Reserve and they own majority share of those banks. So for them, it's a win-win. So it don't really matter if, if the commercial banks are still operational because they're going to still get there if it succeeds. Now, the retail customers, depositors such as you and I, we're the ones that are the we're the ones that's left out to dry because we're damn if we do, damn if we don't, because our currency somehow, some way is filtered through their hands, whether it's for paying bills, direct deposits or whatever. So if you get paid, if you get an, if you get a payment check from somebody, it's going to go through their, their, their network, their system. So you're going to have a CBDC anyway, because it's going, it's going to come through your employer directly to the Fed ledger or the commercial bank ledger or whatever ledger, because that's the system that will be brought into play. So, Unless you're completely out of the system, independent of the system, bartering or doing whatever you're doing where you're not depositing your life life energy into those systems, we're all going to be a part of it at some point. So there's no way of avoiding it, in my opinion. Long-winded sure, answer, sure. but... <laughs> got there, got there. So uh, just a question about your, your um, beliefs, uh, um, or biblical belief skill. Mm-hmm. Are you a believer in like the pre-tribulation rapture, or are you just, you know... You don't, you don't really get into that or oh great great question there so i on, on my end i'm always studying to better understand and so according to my studies sure. just like pre- previous events in history referring to the old testament 
how individuals were saved from doom beforehand. The children of God were saved from wrath. I'm a pre more of a pre-trib than I am post-trib. But it's one of the things where okay. it's not it's not one of the things that I'm going to sit up here like a biblical scholar and argue. It's pre, it's post. It don't. It, I'm not really concerned pre or post because every believer, the part of your faith is your willingness to go through struggles to prove your faith. You know what I'm saying like to really to use your faith yeah. in the midst of difficult times. So I ain't trying to sit here and say, I'm going to, I'm looking forward to escaping the madness. No, like I'm confident that when I do leave here before or after that, my soul is going to be in good hands. So I don't ever sure. get in a point where I got to really try to defend it because you know, Hey, it's, it's, it's everybody's own personal biblical revelation in a sense. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll find out the end. Sure. <laughs> what do you, what do you yeah, think? We'll find out what happens. What do you think? I mean, I'm I'm kind of a I'm more of a mid-trip kind of person myself. Okay. I think um, it seems to me make more sense that you know Christians will go be part of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I can't say if it's all or not. You know, all or nothing. It's just, you know, I think that we're going to get to at least part of it because we are in in a sense part of the problem too. Yeah. Because we have been as a church apostate in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. you know abandoning the fruit of the scripture. So it's like we in my opinion, but yeah, maybe it's just me no that's real no I, and i think that the greatest quote-unquote revival will take uh, biblically speaking will take place after the rapture of the church because at that moment those who thought they were a body a member of the body of christ and were, were not those who did not practice and live according to and those who knew nothing about it and denied it there it's going to be a mad dash <laughs> to, to to places yeah, of yeah. worship looking for truth at that point so there's gonna be more people saved yeah. after than this current moment so i because god is very faithful he continues to give people mercy after and chance after chance after yeah. chance to where there'll be a remnant left over exactly. that then goes into the millennial reign and that's where things get really exciting you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hey man appreciate you calling my friend yeah. yeah be good good stuff good stuff good stuff man um yeah Good times, man. Good times. All right. Well, we're about 40 minutes, man. I'm about to get ready to dial back. Uh, appreciate everybody for joining me and hope you guys was able to just, you know, learn something or share your two cents or completely laugh at your boy. It's all fine and good. We're just having fun trying to filter through the noise. But um, I appreciate everybody for taking time to bless me with your presence. And I hope you guys have a great night. Be blessed. Be safe. And we can go from there. And so persistence of resistance, love throwing out some tricky ones. It says, Mike, what are your thoughts on gay marriage? <laughs> My mom is big into the Bible and it had kind of turned her into someone who doesn't accept everyone. Let's say um, I believe in walking in love with anybody. Your personal lifestyle choices is up to you. You know, I support everybody. But then again, I don't have to, you know, be a part of it. So but, you know, I, I, I personally believe it is, it's a choice. It's not something you're born with. So. I believe that everybody has a choice to choose whatever lifestyle they want to live and who they want to live it with, whether or not I agree with it or not. It's not my opinion. Like according to the scripture, according to scripture, like, you know, you go to the New Testament, you look at the words in red. And according to what Jesus said, there's a there's 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 nine um, characteristics where which he says that those individuals will not they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so one of them happens to be homosexuality. And so I didn't make the rules. It's not my Bible. It's not my word. So I don't have an opinion on it. 
I'm just telling you what the book says, and it's up to you, and according to re certain revelation, whether or not you believe it or not. That's every person's individual decision, but the words in red makes it clear that those people will not inherit the kingdom. Now, what that mean? Like, that's one of the things where I, I can share my opinion on that. But then again, you may not agree, but that's between you and the Lord. So that's just my two cents on that, because I have family members that also are part of the lifestyle. I love them, love them, love them all the way. Can't get down with it. And I, I, have, I have boundaries where I can't cross those boundaries, boundaries, morally speaking, just because it goes against what I believe. So anyway. All right, people missing calls. Forgive me. I'm going to try to get more calls in tomorrow. But uh, tomorrow night, 7 p.m., the hangout with uh, Andre and Tom. Join us. We'll talk all types of crazy stuff. Have some fun. Have some good laughs. So bring some thoughts and stuff there. And uh, other than that, people, be blessed. Be safe. I will see you tomorrow. Shalom. China's hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over two thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. So what does China know that we don't? China is the world's number one importer, relying on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. This makes them the canary in the coal mine when it comes to global food shortages. As Americans, we need to be prepared for potential food shortages. That's where Four Patriots Survival Food comes in. Their kits are compact, stackable, and have received a five-star review for their flavor and taste. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by using code RTD at checkout at 4 Don't wait. Prepare today. Once again, use code RTD at 4 and save 10% on your first purchase.